Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Less Stressed Life podcast. This is your host, Krista Bigler, private practice integrative nutritionist, helping people across the U.S. reverse digestive issues, eczema, and autoimmunity via phone and video consult. To learn more, visit lessstressednutrition.com. Now, on to the show. Okay, so today on The Less Stressed Life, we have Laura Powers, who is a celebrity psychic who's been featured on BuzzFeed, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, Motherboard Magazine by Vice, and many other media outlets. She's currently in pre-production for a new television series about her work. She is a clairvoyant, uh, psychic medium, writer, actress, model, producer, writer, singer. She does everything, right? And speaker who helps others receive guidance and communicate with loved ones. Ever since she was a child, Laura has seen and sensed ghosts and spirits and has learned how to manage those experiences using this her her ability to connect with and the angelic and other realms Uh, she now uses her experience communicating with angel spirits and other energy beings to help clients better understand and change their lives welcome laura thanks so much for having me yeah what a unique um i feel like how often do people meet a psychic now and i mean you're in the you're in the (laughs) realm so you probably know a lot but i feel like I don't know. I feel like this is the first time. So it's um, it's a new experience. But you have a lot of things that you love and a lot of passions off air. We were just talking about all the podcasts you have. And there's one that's um, a little bit bigger. But let's just talk about your background. Let's talk about how this happened. Laura, tell me about about Laura Powers and, and kind of how you grew up and, and came into all of this. Yeah. And, and uh, to your first point, yeah, it's pretty unusual to be a psychic. I know quite a few Um, But part of my goal is to help people know more about it. So this is perfect. Um, But ever since I was little, I saw and sensed ghosts. So that's what kind of got me into this. And I knew that I was seeing things that others weren't. In fact, I thought uh, at first that maybe I was crazy because I could just tell that other people (laughs) weren't responding to what I was sensing or seeing. And so I actually kept it to myself because that seemed like the safest thing to do at the time. And it wasn't until I was in college, actually, that a family friend described a ghost I had seen but never told anybody about that it kind of confirmed for me that it wasn't all in my head because I was pretty sure that he couldn't see something that was just a hallucination of mine. Um, And so that was both kind of frightening and comforting at the same time because on the other hand, I wasn't crazy, but on the other hand, it was real. (laughs) And I didn't really know what to do about it at the time. So I did the only thing that I knew how to do, which which was to try to block it out. And 
fast forward many years and I was in a really bad place in my life. I was physically ill. I was in a bad, you know, marriage. I was unemployed and very lost and not really knowing what to do. I went to a psychic and of course I didn't tell her about seeing things and all that. And she sensed it anyway and told me that when I blocked out my psychic abilities, I blocked out my intuition and what I needed to know as well, which made sense. And so then I set about the process of psychically opening back up, taking classes, learning how to manage my gifts instead of blocking them out so that I could improve my life. So I really set about this not to like become a professional psychic, but really just to, to have a better life. And so that's really what got me into this. Um, that said, now I love what I do. Um, I have improved my life significantly. <laughs> and then I love being able to help others tap into their own abilities, you know, learn how to connect with spirituality, their own, um, you know, knowledge about what's happening. And also I'm super passionate about health because health and your ability to intuit for yourself are very connected. Yeah. And I do want to talk to you about kind of how that's, that's a perfect segue, but I have a few more questions about, sure. uh, because this is, I'm like, these are like psychics for idiots 101. So um, <laughs> now that you know other psychics and maybe you know some of their backgrounds, would you say many of them have the same kind of background as, like, did they have the same things go on from an early time? Or like, do they have kind of coming into that in a similar way? Do you feel or not really? Yeah, I think it's a pretty common thing to be fairly um, afraid or intimidated, not really understand it unless you, uh, you know, were born into a psychic family, which is unusual. So it's pretty common for people to have fear to uh, not address it as well. So I describe it as being like a psychic in the closet, like a closet of psychic. So I was that way for, you know, many, many years. Um, that said, it's getting a lot easier now. So for young people that have this ability, I think it's different. And even television shows like Medium or The Ghost Whisperer, you know, movies like The Sixth Sense have really helped people have a context for this stuff that, you know, wasn't there when I was a kid growing up. So I do think it's rapidly changing in terms of perception about psychic abilities or even like the new show, The Haunting of Hill House, you know, the there's so much discussion about the psychic um, and supernatural world, which is great that this is becoming more mainstream. Yeah, but on the same note, a lot of the TV, um, like, impressions that we get from psychic world are a little bit scary and that was a word you kind of used right like mm -hmm. they kind of use scary music they yeah they're, they're things I don't want to watch and then go to sleep um sort of often <laughs> so I mean right. that, that's in a way it's sort of a disservice to maybe something that um, could be thought about in a more positive way, maybe? I don't know. Um, and I, I guess since you're in the t the television world, you're marrying those two things already. Like maybe you're going to see that change mm -hmm. or maybe you're going to be the catalyst for changing that. So if we were yeah. going to take a, a 30,000 foot view of like what it looks like to go see a psychic, could walk us through that a little bit. Sure. So, you know, psychics are like a lot of other practitioners. They vary quite a bit. So, you know, there's different types of doctors, for example. Um, so psychics can, uh, you know, use clairvoyance, which means um, seeing to receive information. There might be some psychics that use a medium like tarot or runes or something to receive information that way. Um, there's people that receive information through touch, which is called psychometry. So there's quite a range. Um, in my case, I'm a clairvoyant, which means I see. I'm also an empath, which means I, I feel other people's emotions and energies in my body. And then I'm a little bit clairaudient, which means hearing. 
And then I receive information through all of those different senses and relay whatever it is that I'm receiving to my client at the time. And the sessions vary greatly depending on the purpose for the session. So I was checking with my client to see, you know, what inspired them to book a session to make sure that I'm approaching it in the best way for them. Um, I work as a psychic medium, which means I connect with spirits and beings on the other side and relay messages. Uh, Also, I can look at, you know, a a variety of topics, including health, you know, romance, work, life path. I can look at past lives. I can look at energy blockages, what's keeping a person from moving forward in their best, you know, life path. So yeah, it really runs the gamut. And I have clients that come and see me, you know, one time because they want to communicate with a loved one. And then I also have a lot of regular clients that see me, you know, every couple of months or so, or, you know, a couple of times a year to ask about progress on different life areas. So do you always see people in person or sometimes virtually? And is the experience different then? Yeah, I actually see most of my clients virtually. That said, I do travel and see people for in-person appointments. So if someone wants to look on my schedule, on the events page um, of my website, which is healingpowers.net, you can see all the different locations that I'm going to be, mostly domestic, but I do some international travel as well. Again, that said, most of my uh, clients are over the phone or Skype for people who want a visual. And, you know, of course, in person is great if you can sit in the same room. Um, I have a lot of clients that have come to me that way. First time, they may want to see me in person, and then from there, we can proceed with remotely. Um, and then I have a lot of clients where I've never seen them in person and we just, you know, work together over the phone. Mm-hmm. So you talked knowledgeably about all the types of psychics and I know you're in that window, but like, is there psychic training? Did you see other, like, how did you figure this out? Yes. Yeah. So I took training from many different teachers when I was first starting out. And uh, it's kind of surprising when you look into it, how many psychics there are. I mean, if you're if you're listening to this and you don't know about it, you'll probably think, oh, how many could there be? But it's pretty amazing, actually, when you delve into it. And it's funny, I'll meet people all the time. They're like, oh, do you know this psychic? And I'll be in Colorado, you know, Denver area. And it's like, no, I've no, I've never heard of that person. And that's not to say they're not great. It's just like there's actually quite a few more <laughs> than you, you might think. think. Yeah. So it, I recommend, you know, if you want to do in person, you know, searching for people in your area. Um, I do think it's good to look at reviews and ratings and referrals are always great. So check with people, you know, um, check out Yelp or Google reviews and see what other people have to say about that person. And then there's so many great online resources for learning at this point. You know, I'm an author. I love to read. So for me, I read a ton of books and now I have seven books out there on the spiritual realm. Um, And then, you know, there's videos, there's podcasts you can listen to. So there's so many different ways that you can learn about this and then and then start practicing for yourself, either via classes with a teacher or, you know, even there's books you can read and then just practice exercises on your own as well. Seven books. Gosh, you are a content maniac. You've got <laughs> kind of a lot of things going on out there. So, you know, um, in your bio, it talks about being able to connect with angelic or other realms. So would you consider yourself religious or spiritual? I would definitely consider myself spiritual. My family is Catholic. So I was raised uh, with those beliefs. But that said, my mother was definitely not forcing those beliefs on me. So we went to church, but it was, you know, more casual, like, you know, on the holidays and occasionally other times. Um, So I was loosely raised with that, but always with the idea that there were other concepts that I could, you know, delve into. Um, So I 
at this point think there's some wonderful aspects to various world religions, but I don't ascribe to like everything that's in a particular religion. Um, so angels, as an example, are described in Christianity, in Catholicism, in Judaism, in Islam. You know, they are pretty universal in terms of either angels in name or angel-like beings described, you know, in cultures and religions all over the world. And so I definitely access them because I feel like they're such an amazing resource for everybody. Gotcha. So kind of looking at, yeah. Okay. Got it. So I have a, I mean, this is again, back to like psychics for idiots 101. So, um, so you were raised with that background. Um, I'm guessing your mom was supportive of, of the things that you moved forward to doing, but what do you say to people that say that, psychic type things are the devil's work or um, like, is that a thing that you debunk often or you talk like, how do you, I mean, cause people probably have, I don't know. I feel like people probably are, they grew up and they have kind of thoughts about different things. And so until someone maybe until they maybe learn about it from someone like you, they just have those preexisting thoughts. So I guess that's kind of my question. Um, what do you say to someone who's like, um, I'm not sure about that. Or maybe that's not real. Or like, what are, what is the first thing you would tell that person? Well, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions about psychics. And again, there's a lot of different types of psychics. And frequently, psychic uh, stuff is kind of lumped in with the occult. <laughs> and that's that can be a connection, but not always. I mean, there are psychics that do, you know, spells and kind of dark magic type things. <laughs> there are psychics that really don't. So I would say it's, it's, it, it is what it is. It's a form of power and ability. Um, and it's not inherently light or dark. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there are those who do light work. I consider myself a light worker and there are those that use darker forces and energies. And so it is completely possible to connect with a psychic who is tapping into lighter energies um, that are loving and positive and supportive. Um, that said, I do encourage people to do research and check in with a particular psychic that they're inquiring about to see what their approach is to see if it's a fit to see if they're you know working in the same principles <laughs> yeah no I like how you explain that that feels nice so um okay so I think you maybe started telling us about this the first time you had sensed a ghost or spirit you were in college right um will you go into that just a little bit more Actually, that was the first time that someone affirmed what I saw, um, okay. you know, without me even bringing it up. But no, I saw something since I was a kid. In fact, growing up, it was, was very confusing for me because uh, not always, but sometimes the ghost will appear very solid to me, like like a live person. And so I would do things like call the cops on a ghost, and and then the cops would get there, and everything was locked from the inside, and clearly there had not been an intruder. In the house. And then I would have this realization, oh my gosh, that was the ghost. And it would, you know, would be embarrassed and it was, you know, hard to explain. Um, So yeah, I I grew up just knowing that I was seeing things that others weren't and just being really confused about it all. I mean, it really wasn't until I was a full on adult, you know, past college that I really started to get what was going on because sometimes, again, they look like solid people. Sometimes they look hazy. Sometimes I'm just hearing or sensing them. And it, t- it just took me a long time to kind of figure all that out, what was going on, why they were there, and also how to have boundaries so that I wasn't constantly kind of bombarded with, you know, spirits and, and different energies and beings that were interfering with my life. Yeah, I was. So that's a great point. Having boundaries, which I didn't know you could have boundaries without. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was wondering how often that was 
impacting you or how often you were experiencing that because that seems like a long lifetime to deal with that on your own before you kind of accepted it and grew into it. Yeah, absolutely. It was very challenging. In particular, night times were difficult. Um, I could be what's called a trance channel, which is where a spirit comes in through a person's body and speaks through them. So as a result of that, um, because I didn't know how to have boundaries, I would have spirits try to get in my body, <laughs> take over for a while. It was pretty traumatic until I learned how to say, like, no, this is my body. You stay out there. I'll communicate with you when I want to. Um, you know, when I started to get training, one of the reasons was I literally just it was totally crazy with what was happening in my life. Like I would have eight ghosts in my room while I was trying to sleep at night. I would bring ghosts home on the plane with me. <laughs> I just didn't I just didn't know what to do. And so having, you know, teachers help me with that was instrumental in getting my life, you know, kind of sane and just, you know, grounded in like what I wanted and needed in life instead of just, you know, all these spirits that were kind of needily grabbing onto me. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you have any thoughts about why you have psychic abilities? I mean, do you consider it like, maybe you consider it a big blessing, but have you, do you ever think about like why you have psychic abilities, whereas other people maybe don't? Or do you think everyone has the ability to have some or tap into that intuition? Yeah, I think psychic abilities are like a lot of other types of abilities. There's a range. So, you know, for example, you know, everyone or almost everyone can make some kind of art, but not everyone's going to be, you know, Picasso or Rembrandt or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that said, a lot of it also has to do with training. Um, so, you know, you may have an incredible innate ability, but if you never picked up a paintbrush, you know, how would you know if you were a good painter or not? So I find that with psychic abilities, there's a lot of people that have a lot of ability, but they've never kind of learned the sort of psychic ABCs. They've never tried to tap into it. So when I teach classes, it's pretty amazing how many people, they're like, oh, I'm just kind of curious. I don't really think I'm very psychic. And then we get into it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you were so psychic. And as soon as they start to like, like practice it, things just completely open up. Um, and so in terms of like why, you know, some people have really strong abilities, I think it's a combination of things. I think uh, we have gifts and abilities that very much relate to whatever it is that we came here to do. Um, so in my case, I think a big part of my life purpose is to teach and share information as it relates to this. So I was given really strong abilities in order to do that. Um, and then once I learned how to manage it, it was it, I considered it a benefit, you know, rather than a disability. But it was challenging for me, um, of course, in the beginning until I learned how to do it. And then the other thing is that there are sort of soul abilities. So certain things that your soul kind of excels at, just like, you know, as a, a person who's born in this life, you have abilities. And so I find that with people who have psychic abilities, they will often sort of follow them through in various lifetimes. Mm, so interesting. So um, we talked a little bit about what it sort of looks like um, to go see a psychic from all the different realms. Can you give us a story? I know you help people through, um, issues that maybe they're having that helps them, you help them change their lives in different ways. Can you give us like maybe a couple stories of some clients or experiences or outcomes um, that have come from working with some people? Like maybe just, yeah, just some stories. Sure. Yeah, I can tell a couple of stories. So uh, one of the things I can do is look at a person's, you know, body and energy field and see what's going on um, that relates to you know, health and wellness. So I have actually had quite a few clients that have come to me with kind of medical mystery pain, meaning they've gone in and like medically, they can't seem to find anything that's going on. And because I'm clairvoyant, and I specialize in seeing, you know, non physical beings, I will look at the person and be like, wow, you have this 
you know, entity thing attached to your head that's causing headaches. <laughs> uh, would you like me to remove this thing? And then I'll remove the thing and the, the headaches go away. <laughs> so that's Crazy. one example. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, unfortunately, um, a lot of doctors obviously are not able to see the non-physical realm. And so, you know, they're reacting and treating the physical, which is amazing. But that's just in my perspective, one part of what's going on and the energetic realm is extremely important and often will actually be what what sort of initiates or causes physical issues so um i might look at a person's energy field and see something and it may not have manifested into a physical problem yet but if it's addressed it may never have to or if it's left you know and continues to progress then the person may develop you know, a physical disease as a result of that energy imbalance or blockage. So that's one of the things I do. I also, you know, love to help people with looking at um, past lives. Um, when we look at a past life, it can really inform whatever is happening with us right now. So I had a, an example of a client where she came to me and she was struggling in our marriage and she said she felt very trapped. And, you know, when I looked at a past life uh, between her and her husband, her husband had literally been her slave owner. <laughs> and so even though they were equals now and she was technically free, those dynamics were still in place. She literally felt like she kind of had to do what he wanted her to do. Um, anyway, so it's incredibly complex and, in my opinion, very fascinating. And then another thing that I, I do is help people connect with loved ones on the other side, which can be very healing and just comforting. So I had one client who came to me um, she was with her husband, who interestingly was a skeptic, and she asked me to connect with her nephew. And all she told me was his name and that he was her nephew. And when I uh, communicated uh, and checked in with him, he just kept doing this gesture from he put his hand on his chin and just kind of lowered it down um, towards me. And I didn't know what that meant. And I kept asking for something else. And he just kept doing that one gesture. And then I just finally said to her, this is what he's doing and explained and she burst into tears and apparently at the end of his life, she was taking care of him and his vocal cords are paralyzed. And that means thank you in sign language. So like, I didn't know that that, that means thank you. I didn't know that he couldn't speak. Um, and her husband was immediately like, okay, she's real. <laughs> mm. You know, so it was just incredibly comforting for her to know that he was there. He thanked her. And then we had, you know, other communications, but yeah, the, the sessions really depend on whatever that client is looking for out of the session. Interesting. So, I mean, you said some things earlier that make tons of sense as far as like the energetic realm, right? I mean, I was listening, I think maybe you had him on your podcast, Bruce Lipton. I was listening to his biology yeah. belief last night. And I mean, mm -hmm. he goes through the entire cell biology science to, to make a point that, you know, we need to pay more attention to energy essentially. And so that's kind of right. what I was thinking of. Now that is a good launch into, and you've touched on this a little bit already, but your podcast is about it's psychic and health. So is that because you were seeing a lot of health issues in people either before they could see them or, you know, um, from a different perspective of what they could see them? Is that how that started? Or, or why did you go? Like, it seems like um, from what people's outside perspectives are of psychic world, that those, it would be hard for us to think, oh, those would go together, right? So can you tell us about why you married those two? Yeah, so I went through my own, you know, health journey. I when I started. Um, getting into the psychic 
stuff, I was actually very sick and I went through this incredible healing transformation. I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I was on sleeping pills. I had a bunch of, you know, medical problems. I was majorly stressed. I just, my life was a mess and I was physically a mess as well. And, you know, at that time I, I shifted and found alternative healing practitioners, you know, got back into a healthier place. Um, but that also sort of paralleled my journey into accessing my own psychic abilities and intuition and in many ways, just kind of coming back to myself. And if you are physically ill, you're very likely psychically blocked and vice versa. So to me, they do go hand in hand. So as I got physically better, I also opened up to my psychic abilities and, you know, connected in with my own path, my purpose, you know, feeling more empowered. And so for me, they're very connected. And I think for a lot of people, they're possibly very connected, even if they haven't kind of mentally made that connection for themselves. And I believe you, it's very difficult to be tapped into your intuition and your abilities if you're physically sick, because a lot of the mechanisms that we use for psychic abilities are in our body. And if those aren't functioning properly, then, you know, we're going to not be able to receive information very well either. So in particular, importance are your gut, you know, making sure that your digestion and um, uh, digestive system are in optimal health. And so a lot of people could relate to that. You know, you, you kind of have that bad feeling in your gut or whatever when something isn't going right, uh, when you feel something bad's coming. You know, we feel and sense very much intuitively um, in the gut. And then the other place is in the head uh, and the brain. And so, you know, the pineal gland, which is to be believed to be where the third eye is housed, um, is in the brain. And so we want to make sure that those two areas, which, by the way, are very connected biologically, um, are in optimal health if we want to access our own intuition. Yeah. Um, you said several things that made sense there. Um, but you said something that had me curious. You were talking about how people have these kind of psychic blocks or I, I mean, I, I see emotional blocks and things from people's history all the time that inf interfere with the way they get better. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I work on digestive sure. stuff a lot, so I'm all about this gut brain connection, but can you give us some examples of things that you've seen as blocks that are preventing people from getting better from your perspective? Yeah, sure. So a person can have, um, an energy blockage in a particular chakra or part of the body. And it's very fascinating to me because I feel you can approach it both angles and have success. So um, let's see. So let's say someone's feeling very disempowered and not able to make forward movement on, you know, their kind of goals in life, maybe feel stuck, maybe feel victimized, you know, disempowered. Very often that person is going to have digestive issues um, because that chakra and uh, those organ systems are, you know, right um, in that part of the body where the digestive system is. So um, I encourage people to work on, you know, manifesting aspects to change their energy, maybe chakra clearing meditations or working with the angels to set some tensions on becoming more empowered and feeling their own power in their life. But I also highly encourage them to make dietary changes um, you know, or maybe see a practitioner that can help them with, you know, improving digestion, you know, make figuring out what it is that are dietary triggers, etc. So there's a huge connection between what's happening biochemically and physically, as well as, you know, emotional blocks. 
and, you know, ability to make changes in a person's life. And I mean, this is not something new to the psychic realm. I mean, you look at Chinese medicine and, and each organ system is connected with like an emotion, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I think is, uh, at least in some, you know, different types of uh, medicine acknowledged. Um, and I, I certainly believe in it. I have found it to be true as a psychic. Yeah, that makes that's that makes a lot of sense. Um, for the way I work as well, because I see, I mean, kind of, I, I perceive that people have issues, I mean, or they say that they have issues and like how oh, this is really kind of blocking your ability to get better sometimes. And I mean, I, yeah, I guess I'm a fan of, um, you know, in my practice, I am kind of giving them the physiological reasons, right? But I mean, Mm -hmm. but it still makes a lot of sense. So you talked about some meditations, and you talked about intuition a little bit. So let's talk about what does tapping into your intuition really mean to you and your clients? Yeah, so tapping into your intuition, essentially means receiving information that helps you you know, have a better life, really. (laughs) So when you tap into your intuition, you're receiving higher information from yourself, from your angels and spirit guides, from the universe itself, that helps you better move forward in your life. So I find that most people in our society are living life very analytically. You know, they're using logic, they're using their reasoning and, you know, deduction ability um, to make decisions. And that's what we're taught. And it certainly has its benefits and its place. But in my opinion, it's it's like only using half of the information to make a decision because the emotional, the spiritual is extremely important. So if you're denying that, you may be making some very poor decisions for yourself. So that's exactly what I did. Um, when I psychically shut down, I was living my life very logically. I did all the things that, you know, kind of society says you're supposed to do that I thought you know, that I was supposed to do. I, you know, I had a career in um, politics and public administration. I, you know, got married, I got the house, I got the advanced degree, you know, I did all those things, check, check, check. And then I was completely miserable and sick. And my life was a mess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I kind of went back, reopened up to my psychic abilities and started to receive information from my higher self from my guides to, you know, navigate better. And ever since things have shifted dramatically, you know, I'm very healthy, I'm certainly much happier. I'm having success in a lot of different areas. Um, I'm very productive. Um, You know, it's there's so many different areas that my life has improved because I was only before taking in about half of the information that I needed. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, cool. So, um, not only did you use kind of intuition to reduce stress and kind of course correct your life. Um, so that, that worked in many ways, maybe I know you have a meditation program, so can you kind of bridge a gap here? So, so intuition, stress reduction, and then meditation, like how do you use that in life? Yeah. So I think, uh, having time to connect in with your higher self, with your angels and spirit guides to receive ideas, inspiration, you know, messages that will help you is super important. And in our, you know, kind of regular society, mainstream society right now, people are so busy, and they're not taking the time to do that. Um, If you're a psychic, like I can receive messages pretty quickly and easily, because I've practiced that channel, but it takes some time to develop that. And 
Um, in terms of, you know, meditation and stress reduction, it's really, really important. If you're constantly uh, having a busy mind, um, then you're basically kind of talking all the time in terms of the sort of way the universe works. In order to receive messages, we really need to be receptive. We need to listen. You know, we need that time for our own kind of inner self for angels and spirit guides to communicate messages that will be helpful for us to be able to receive them. So if you're busy all the time, if your mind is constantly chattering, you're, you're not going to be able to easily connect and receive those messages. So I find that meditation is very helpful for people to connect within their own intuition, as well as receive messages from external guides that will help them improve their life. And, uh, you know, it can be very challenging in the beginning, but with practice, meditation is amazing. I, even for myself as a psychic, when I first started meditating, it was challenging. And now I just love it. Um, and then if you find, you know, a sitting meditation challenging, I encourage people to just do what's called a moving meditation. You know, go for a walk, go for a swim, um, something where your brain is not needed for like the full activity. A lot of people will get intuitive messages, you know, doing the dishes or taking a shower or something because their mind is not fully occupied in the moment. Yeah. This is like when you get your best ideas in the shower, right? Yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm (laughs) glad you talked about that because that was my next question. I'm, I, for me, meditation has been slightly elusive, but I'm pursuing it. (laughs) I'm always pursuing it. And I had, um, had some good tips recently that have helped me kind of move forward. Um, to quiet my brain, but I have a lot of people that say, I can't do that, right? Like, I just can't be still. And so to offer, I mean, I think your suggestion then is the movie meditation. And I like how you, I think that th- this thing is, as we think of meditation as this, um, a pedestal perhaps like, oh, I have to be doing this, this, and this thing in order for it to count. But really like, just like that, I was driving many hours yesterday. And if I just you know, let it ride. Like the best ideas were coming to me from that, right? You Mm -hmm. need some white space. You need some white space in your life in order for ideas to come in and flow. So totally. Um, okay, go ahead. Can I, can I just add something onto that? Which is, um, you know, I think a lot of people think that meditation initially should be easy. And if they're struggling with, you know, concentration or there's different kind of thoughts coming through that, that it's not effective. And I would say that's not the case. Actually, that's part of it. It's a practice. And, you know, that if you can just move through that, it typically will get easier over a period of time. So even if you've had a meditation where you just feel like your mind is just running a mile a minute or whatever, but it's, to me, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It's just, you're at least giving that an opportunity to clear out. Um, And I also encourage everyone to ask for protection during that time. So Archangel Michael is a great angel to call on, or you can ask uh, mentally ask your angels and spirit guides to assist and protect your meditation time. So from my perspective as a psychic, you know, the sort of um, mind space is, is very complex. You know, we have our own thoughts, we have um, thoughts that we're picking up on other people, um, angels and spirit guides communicate with us, you know, ghosts that may be around, there's non-physical beings that are around. So I think of thoughts as more like a conversation that you're a part of. So when you're listening to a physical conversation, you're not taking ownership of, of what everyone is saying, right? You're like, oh, Bob said that and Wendy said that or whatever. <laughs> but people tend to take ownership of everything that comes through their thoughts or mind. And I would say, first of all, have a step, kind of step back and just explore the possibility that a lot of that isn't yours. And once you do that, it can, I think for me, at least bring a sort of peace. And then you can kind of focus on, okay, well, what is mine? What is my tone? And I find that most people's thoughts are actually 
pretty calm and positive. And if you're having a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress-induced thoughts, you're probably picking up on thoughts and energies that are not your own. And then one of the things that meditation can help you do is to release that and also bring clarity to what is yours and what isn't. You're dealing with other people's energies all the time. Do you find that that's draining as a provider, a practitioner, or a psychic? Um, and how do you deal with that, if so? Yeah, it can be very draining. And I find that a lot of people with psychic abilities and no training um, really struggle with this, with feeling drained. Um, a lot of empaths, so people who take on other people's energies and emotions in their body, can feel extremely exhausted uh, when dealing with people. If you're an introvert, it's likely that you have some of these abilities and you just naturally kind of pull in in order to protect yourself. Um, so yeah, having strong boundaries is key for myself. You know, I have to, you know, have strong boundaries in terms of uh, what I allow myself to do. Um, so having clients and, you know, pay that's received from that is a big part of it. Um, if you struggle with kind of giving away your services or your energy, it's likely that you also have weak psychic boundaries. <laughs> mm. So they definitely go hand in hand. And I have to say, okay, I'm doing this at this time and not the other times, unless, of course, I'm using these abilities for my own self. And just make sure that I'm not kind of overdoing it. Um, so I have, you know, a higher price point and fewer clients. And that's one of the ways that I manage that. Um, but I think for everyone, uh, the key is to start paying attention to how they feel kind of energetically around people. So do you feel drained around certain people? Um, do you feel energized around others? Pay attention to those. And uh, it may be that it's uh, good to shift some of, who, you know, who and what you spend time with. Um, or it could be you need to just get stronger energy boundaries. Ask your angels and spirit guides to help you, you know, be more independent, have less of other people's energy in your space. That is good advice for me and for many people. So I like it. Um, okay. And then, you know, maybe this tags onto that a little bit. Um, you were talking about kind of having it, maybe this is part of it. You have different things that you do that kind of keep your mind engaged in different ways and keep your passions engaged in different ways. So I saw that you lived or worked or studied in many places internationally, right? France yeah. and London, Prague, Barcelona, Cairo, mm -hmm. Turkey, Shanghai, Hawaii. What inspired all that? How did this happen? And um, what inspired the traveling? What were some of the reasons and, and thoughts behind that? Yeah, so I've always loved to travel. It's just kind of a thing for my soul. <laughs> if I stay in one place too long, I get kind of antsy and I just feel not stimulated. So um, kind of spiritually and in terms of inspiration. So it's interesting because I have set up a lifestyle now through my company and through my work where I do a lot of traveling. I'm typically anywhere between four to eight cities in a month, which for a lot of people would exhaust them. <laughs> mm. I, I hear that all the time. People are like, wow, that's, that's crazy, but I love it. Um, and it's funny because uh, a lot of the choices that I've made in my life have led me to, you know, I decided to move to Shanghai and, you know, then doors open and, and I made that happen. But I've also been presented with kind of unusual work opportunities, you know, Cairo, Turkey. Um, and I simply said yes. Um, so uh, sometimes things come up because on a soul level, it's beneficial for us to go to those places. But I also think we have an incredible amount of free will in terms of how we set up our life. And I have essentially decided that this is what I want to do. So I have set up things accordingly to allow for that. <laughs> Perfect. Also very good lesson. Cool. This has been really uh, eye-opening for me because I didn't know anything about this field. So thank you for that today. Um, You're welcome. Where can people find you? 
Yeah, so uh, the probably best source of information as a whole for me in terms of the psychic and sort of spiritual and health work is my website, healingpowers.net. And lots of information there, free resources, you know, links to my books, services page about how to work with me, you know, information from uh, other clients about the experience. And then my podcast is called Healing Powers Podcast. And that's on, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all the main podcast platforms. And then my books are available on Amazon. So if you want to learn a little bit more about this, I've written, you know, seven books on different aspects that relate to the psychic and sort of spiritual realm, angels, health, psychic abilities, the supernatural. So manifesting, whatever you want, there's a book I'm sure that can help you with that. (laughs) Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. One of the best gifts you could give us at The Less Stressed Life is your feedback. We are paid in podcast reviews. If you enjoyed this or any other episode, please leave us a review. In the iTunes store or from your podcast app, just search for Less Stressed Life as if you're not already subscribed. Click on the banana face image, scroll to the bottom where it shows the text of other reviews, and write a review. While you're there, hey, make sure you hit subscribe. For Android or Stitcher users, you gotta go to the desktop site and search for Less Stress Life and then scroll down to leave a review. Stitcher doesn't load Apple reviews on their site, so if you want, you can leave a review in both places. Your feedback means a lot to the success of the show. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. You rock. 